Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I am Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor, Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. Did you have a nice weekend? Absolutely. Nice long weekend. This is the first time that we've actually had a discussion longer than, hey, hi, this morning. <laughs> so this is like a proper... Good Yay. weekend. Hey. 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 How's it going there, lady? Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be talking about the biggest news of the day, the 2019 Academy Award nominations. Yes, plus <laughs> we've got chart news about Ariana Grande, Normani, Halsey, Future, and more. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com podcasts. So... If you're listening to this on Tuesday, today, today, the nominations were announced for the 2019 Oscars. Were you up early listening or watching, Katie? No, I was not. I set my alarm, <laughs> and I was actually up before it, and then I fell back asleep right before they started. Really? And then I woke up like a half hour. I missed the live version of it, but oh, I did watch man. the stream on YouTube. Oh, very nice. I actually nice. watched the announcement stream. So it was um, Kumail Nanjani and... Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross announced. They did a great job. Um, well, they're great people. Yes. <laughs> so, well, lots of great people can also do terrible jobs at, at this sort of thing. Sorry, Tiffany Haddish. They, well, you know, <laughs> for instance, uh, uh, tra- uh, the, the 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 pair of them this morning. Um, I wondered how much of it was scripted because it seemed very off the cuff. But I wondered in a situation like this, I wondered if it just seemed off the cuff and it was completely scripted. They're, and they're that just that good. They're just that good. Right. That's, it's probably a combination of the two. Yep. It's kind of like our show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we are not Emmy and Academy Award winning slash nominated yet. people yet. <laughs> Grammy, we're coming for you. That's well, spoken word recording. with those 91st Academy Award nominations, uh, we learned that A Star is a Born was... A Star is a Born. A Star is a Born. Ah, a Star is Born was among the leaders with eight nods, including Lady Gaga for Best Actress, Natalie Cooper for Best Actor, mm-hmm. Sam Elliott for Supporting Actor, who did not get the Globe nomination, so that was uh, a, a nice bit of news, Cooper for Best Adapted Screenplay, as well as Best Cinematog- Cinematography and Sound Mixing nominations, and he also got a Director nomination, plus Best Picture, plus original Best Original Score for Shallow. He was it's- not nominated for Director. He wasn't? Bradley Cooper was not nominated for what Best Director. This? Oh, I see what you're saying. Never mind. I had a I had a not-so-fun tidbit in front of me. You, you, but... you, you were reading this all well, and then you just suddenly decided to add I Director I know, because in. I thought that Director was part of it. But sorry, Bradley. Didn't mean to rub it in any any further. That, that would be a surprise <laughs> this morning that yeah. he was not nominated By the way, for Director. Uh, exclusive to Pop Shop Podcast. No, just joking. This, <laughs> did, this did not happen. Um, among the other leaders were... Roma from Alfonso Cuaron and the costume drama The Favorite, both of which got 10 nominations each, followed by the Dick Cheney biographical film Vice uh, and other multiple nominees included Black Panther with seven. Uh, let's see. Spike Lee's Black Klansman with seven. Black Panther. Oh, wait. Black Panther with seven again because my intro was a hot mess. And the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody with five. Black Rhapsody. Yeah. Just let me just add it all together. The Rhapsody clan. Um, but now before we get like super into it, I figured uh, the biggest category that we care about is uh, best original song. So I yeah. thought break Sorry, that one picture. down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, for the Pop Shop podcast, we care about best original song. 
Um, so I already mentioned uh, Shallow, which is uh, Gaga and Cooper's duet from A Star is Born, and it was written by Gaga, Mark Ronson, Anthony Rosamondo, and Andrew Wyatt is up for Best Original Song, as well as All the Stars from Kendrick Lamar and SZA, um, of course, off the Black Panther soundtrack. That was written by Kendrick, Al Shucks, Sh- Soundwave, SZA, and Anthony Tiffith. Then we have Diane Warren's I'll Fight for RBG, which was performed by Jennifer Hudson. And then we have The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, sung by Emily Blunt. And David Rawlings and Jillian Welch's When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which was performed by Tim Blake Nelson and Willie Watson. Okay, question. Oof. Yes. Um, t- um, t- uh, uh, for All the Stars. Yes. Did you get the nominated writers from the Academy press release? I got it from Billboard.com. Did we have it wrong or something? Well, I'm confused because we have Kendrick Lamar Mm -hmm. and then Al Shucks, who is not listed on the Academy nomination Mm -hmm. list. Um, So maybe that's a a code name. And then Soundwave, SZA, and Anthony Tafith. So that's one, two, three, four, five different people. But... The Academy has Mark Spears, Kendrick, Anthony Tafith, and Solana Rowe, which is SZA. Right. So there's someone, one there's of those. discrepancy there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think part of this, so I don't, we're just going to. Oscars s- has rules about how many people they'll credit, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe this is a matter of like, we credited everybody who was actually involved in it, whereas the Oscars for the win, it will only be the people listed there in the Academy nominations. Yeah. The people I just said. But Kendrick and SZA are among those people. Yes. So that's great. This, this was not Keith just trying to play correct Katie. It was oh, no. more about like, whoa, wait a Who's second. Who's going to actually be up on that stage if that song Who of those five, and I'm, it's clearly Al Shucks or Soundwave got left out in the cold, apparently. I think Al Shucks did because his birth name is Alexander Shuckberg, and you did not say that. So Soundwave must be Mark Spears. I believe that I is correct. I, I wikied that this morning. I think Mark Spears is Soundwave. All right. Well, there we go. Sorry, guys. We just had a... But it, but it, this is an interesting category because the, generally the most nominees you can have for one song is four, and that's under extreme circumstances. Um, but generally, they only want really like one or two people nominated. I remember there being a scandal during uh, when Beyonce's Listen was nominated from Dreamgirls. Yeah. And she is a co-writer, but it, there was debate over whether she should be listed as a writer. And she be- wasn't. And she wasn't. Yeah, so. She evidently wrote the least amount. All right. On. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some uh, some things that we noticed in these nominations. Some fun facts. For fun instance. facts. Hot takes. Do you want to go first or want me to? Um, I could go first. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was from the fun little sidebars that the Academy Awards sends out. Um, we all know that A Star is Born has been made before. There are now four versions four, yeah, of four. it. Um, and the series in general has a total, all of these films together, has 26 Academy Award nominations. Okay. That's pretty incredible. The acting nominations for Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are the third for both the lead characters after Frederick March and Janet Gaynor in 1937 and James Mason and Judy Garland in 1954. Meaning we're leaving out 
Miss Barbara and Chris Christopherson. They did not get acting nominations. Yeah, that film wasn't totally warmly received, right. but it did get some Academy Award yes. nominations. Yeah, they all have. That's that's what's yeah. incredible. So if you want to get Academy Award nomination, just remake this film again. I think and that's what we learned we'll here. We'll see you in 20 years or 30, possibly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, exactly. yeah, um, Millie Bobby Brown, if you're looking yeah, for a Yeah, I was trying role. to think of, I was like, Jojo Siwa? <laughs> And your ponytail? <laughs> Just uh, f- find anyone on like a, a very tw- tw- young, tweeny, preteen yes. leaning Disney show. <laughs> if that. Uh, Is there like a newborn show with like babies rolling around? Yeah, right. That's what we really need. We need like the, the baby from Modern Family or something. Um, speaking of um, A Star Is Born, uh, Lady Gaga is nominated for uh, Best Actress. But she's also nominated for Best Original Song. Yes. Um, the Oscars noted, and this was something I think other folks would have noted, um, she is the second person to receive acting and song nominations for the same film. Mary J. Blige was the first with her nominations for Mudbound. Just last year. Just last year. And also, it's a fun fact that I dug up uh, this morning, and this is not an exhaustive list, but <laughs> it's a fairly, a, a fairly short not a Peter Farrelly short, but a oh my fairly short. Yes, Peter Farrelly is also nominated this year <laughs> for an Oscar. Um, can you name Katie anyone that had a number one album on the Billboard 200, a number one single on the Hot 100, mm-hmm. and then later got an Academy Award nomination for acting? Mm. Well, just because Aside we already from Lady Gaga, I was say, who just because we already year. mentioned her, I'm gonna start with Barbara Streisand no. as an option. No, because <clears throat> her first her, her when she won for um, Funny Girl, mm-hmm. she hadn't yet had a number one mm-hmm. on the Hot 100 chart. Okay, my next guess is Cher. Nope, Cher's never had a number one album. Ooh, that's shocking. Um, okay, uh, I don't think no, she didn't get nominated. I'll give you a hint. We literally just talked about her about... I was going to say Beyonce. Like 30 seconds ago. It's not Beyonce. Beyonce's never been nominated for That's what I was thinking. Or... That's where I was... I was uh, she was rolling around in my head. Okay, it was after Beyonce, but before we started talking about Cher. Like, uh, a minute ago. I mean... Mary J. Blige. I was going to say, but like, that doesn't seem fun. Well, oh, it is fun. I was thinking, like, she already has this other thing that we just talked about. Okay, so Mary J. So, so yeah, Mary had four number one albums on the Billboard 200, plus a number one on the Hot 100 with Family Affair before she was nominated for the Academy Award for acting. Okay. Now, if you sort of reverse that around, you know, someone like Dinah Ross, um, it's squishy because she had a number one single on the Hot 100 before, as as just Diana Ross without right. the Supremes, right. with Ain't No Mountain High Enough in, like, I think it was 1970, before she was nominated for Lady Sings the Blues. Okay. Now, on the Billboard 200 albums chart, she had number ones with the Supremes when they were billed as Diana Ross and the Supremes, mm-hmm. but that was still really just the Supremes. Right. So it doesn't really count in the same sort of way. Um, you know, someone like Frank Sinatra, the Hot 100 didn't exist when he had his Oscar win. Right. So, so but if they, if it had, now if he we, surely would have had one. If we look at the charts that pre, that, that were, that came before the Billboard 200 and yes. before the Hot 100, yes. Frank definitely had number ones on the charts that sort of were their ancestors okay. back in the 50s. Okay. Before he won his Oscar for, I think it was From Here to Eternity, I believe. Sounds right. Um, um, so... Basically, the point is, Lady Gaga is in a very sort of unique 
position where she established herself as a chart-topping number one music superstar and then, you know, became a Oscar-nominated actor. Yes. Or, you know, I mean, obviously Cher is a superstar, but she didn't have that number one album. Mm -hmm. Even with Sonny and Cher, their album peaked at number two, like their biggest album. That's crazy. But anyway, that's a fun fact from me. It is indeed. Well, I figured I would also add a, throw a quick quiz Keith into here. What do you think about that? Who knows? One of my facts could be your answer. Well, okay. So we are, we both looked at the sidebar and uh, sidebars that were provided by the Academy about uh, the Oscar nominations. And Mm -hmm. one of the fun facts was that Bradley Cooper is the 15th person to direct himself to an acting nomination. Um, so that stood out to me because I'm like, who are these other 14 people? And I, and I didn't look at the other 14. I mean, no. I can guess, maybe. Uh, yes, that's what I would like you to do. Oh. Um, there's a few that have done it multiple times. Um, so am, hopefully... I just, am I just starting to guess? Yeah, just throw me one. Oh, uh, Warren Beatty. Yes, he has done it twice. Do you know what the films are? Um, Reds. Yep. And... Something else. Heaven Can Wait, which he actually co-directed with Buck Henry. But uh, you, can, you can co-direct something. That's unusual. Indeed. I mean, obviously the Coen brothers do it. Yes. Um, Barbara Streisand did not. There are no ladies on this list. Okay. I will give you that hint. So wait, so you have to be nominated for Best Director? No, that's what, I mean, you just told me Bradley is not nominated for Best Director. This is just people who directed themselves to an acting nomination. I see. Oh, yeah. um, Robert Redford? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, oh, Kevin Costner. Yes. Okay. For, for Dances with Dances Wolves. With wolves. Um, oh, these have to be like actors who also direct, which is unusual. Directed themselves in Directed a starring themselves. role, really. Uh, you want to give me a hint? Sure. Um, there's one who, who has a couple um, who actually has a really close relationship with Bradley Cooper. Sort of a mentor character to him. That, <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't help you? No. Do you know who was supposed to direct A Star is Born before Bradley Cooper? The Clint one, Eastwood. Yeah. Okay. So Clint Eastwood did it for um, Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. He did it for, um, oh, the boxing movie. Yep. Uh, what was that called? Million Dollar Million Baby. Million Dollar Baby. That's it. Just those two. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I would say there's like, what what is considered the greatest movie of all time? The greatest movie of all time? Yeah. Oh, like, Citizen Kane. Yeah. Like Orson Welles directed himself yes. to Citizen Kane and to anything else? Just that one for Orson Welles. Um, okay, you did a really good job, I feel like. I mean, I can The other ones are probably a, a more. more obscure. Well, so like one of the biggest... The people listening might be terrible. The biggest actor-director combo who has three of these... And I'm missing it? Is an old, it's a very older... It's an older example known for his Shakespeare films. Known for his Shakespeare films. Laurence Olivier. Uh, really? So, yeah. So he did it with Hamlet, Henry V, and Richard III. I, wow. There's another Shakespeare example on here, though. More recent. Really? Yeah. Who's the guy who basically took Laurence Olivier's mantle as, like, Shakespeare guy? Hmm. Kenneth Branagh. Oh. oh for it, Henry V. Oh, I would have never guessed that. Okay. So um, I can just give you a quick rundown of the other ones real quick. Roberto Benini for Life is Beautiful. Right. Um, uh, Denzel Washington for Fences. That one surprised me. Oh. Um, Woody Allen for Annie Hall. Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton for Sling Blade. Robert Duvall for The Apostle. Ed Harris for Pollock. And of the people I just listed, two of them actually won out of the whole group. And Ed Harris did. No. No. The winners were... Out of, wait, out of the whole 15, two, only two won. Won the acting, the acting uh, Oscar. Um, 
Clint Eastwood didn't win for Unforgiven. That's correct. Kevin Costner did not win no. for Dances with Wolves. Um, <laughs> probably, a- <laughs> probably a Laurence Olivier role? Uh, one of them, yes. One of them. Hamlet. Sure. Um, the other one, very famous, like, Oscar moment speech. Oh, Robert Benini. Yes. Roberto Benini. Roberto Benini. Well, thank you for um, enduring for that quiz 10 Keith, minutes. Quiz Keith, Quiz Keith. Okay, well, let's move on. Um, so This um, will be the last one because you stole one of my other ones. Oh, this this is my last <laughs> yes. one? Well, I can combine them. Uh, okay. When I was watching the nominees this morning, a, a name popped out that I knew was from the theater world, and I thought it was kind of fun. Hmm. Jeff Witte is nominated for Adapted Screenplay for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, and he is a Tony Award winner for Best Book of a Musical for Avenue Q. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> um, and other fun fact, um, Diane Warren, friend, friend of, the podcast, of the podcast, Diane Warren, is nominated for her 10th Oscar nomination this year. Uh, not 10 all in this year, but 10 in total. Um, she has her 10th nomination. They've all been in the Best Original Song category. Mm-hmm. This year, she's nominated for I'll Fight from RBG, which I saw just last oh, week. Oh, cool. Great film. Yeah. Um, it is this also... This is the documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg versus the narrative film that's currently out about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. On the basis of sex. Two separate films. Um, RBG uh, is also nominated for Best Documentary yes, Feature. Yes, it is. Um, anyway, Diane is nominated for I'll Fight, which is the in credit song performed by Jennifer Hudson in RBG. And um, this is her 10th nomination. She is yet to win. Now... Um, I believe she is the most nominated person in this category without a win. Mm. And interestingly, if you believe forecasters, mm-hmm. this seems like this award could probably go to Lady Gaga yeah. and the rest of her co-writers for Shallow for A Star is Born, which means Diane will possibly lose to a woman that she helped get her first Oscar nomination for. Lady Gaga's first nomination was for Best Original Song for Till It Happens to You for, from The Hunting Ground, mm-hmm. which was co-written with Diane Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. I think Diane will be okay with that. She'll probably cheer Gaga on. Oh, I'm sure. She'll be the first person on her feet. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but um, it seems that a uh, an element of the Best Original Song prize is how a song is used in the film. And Shallow is a key part. Exactly. Shallow is so integral to the uh, plot of the film. And this is like multiple times now that uh, that Diane Warren has been nominated for these great songs, but that are uncredit songs. Yeah. And then it's just not as integral to the film. No. Yeah. Well, All the Stars is also an in-credit song. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't. I haven't seen the ballad of what is it? Buster, Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. It's on Netflix now. If you'd like to. Was it ever in a theater? No. Um. Yeah. No. I think it. I think it, it was. It in, had to have been yeah, in had order to, to be been, nominated. Be not, yeah. So it was probably in a theater for a three days or something. Yeah. yeah. Something stupid like that, and uh, it's dumb. Um. Okay. Anyway. Anything else? Uh, well, I do want to say that the 2019 Oscar ceremony will broadcast live on February 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on ABC, and so far still has no host. Just FYI, we'll sounds have, like they're not going to have one. We'll 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 probably have um, more thoughts on the nominations in the next you know few weeks before the Academy Awards. Indeed. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about some big chart news this week. First up, Ariana Grande collects her fifth number one on the pop songs airplay chart as "Thank You Next" climbs two to one in its eleventh week on the tally. She previously led the list with God is a Woman, No Tears Left to Cry, Side to Side featuring Nicki Minaj, and Problem featuring Iggy Azalea. Meanwhile, Grande's previous single, Breathin', 
which peaked at number two, is still in the top 10. It dips from four to six. And Ariana's brand new single, <laughs> Seven Rings, debuts at number 30. And the track premiered just last Friday. Um, I believe it was last Friday. Yes. Um, and interpolates a rather iconic song, My Favorite Things, from the Broadway musical, The Sound of Music. Which caused Keith and I to fall down a rabbit hole terrible, of pop terrible songs that sample so many or rabbits interpolate in uh, songs from The Sound of Music, which you can go to Billboard.com to see an article that... Uh, Did we end up doing one? Yeah, Rania wrote the article about it. So aside from... Okay, so there's obviously the Gwen Stefani track. We basically had five, and it included the Ariana Grande song. So we had four in addition to Seven Rings. Oh. Um, we'll go to the go to website. Go to Billboard.com and see that article. Um, and actually, it's pretty fitting that Ariana chose to sample my favorite thing since she is a former Broadway star and noted musical fan. Let's get Ariana back on Broadway. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That's definitely like third act Ariana. Oh, she's, you know, at this rate, she's going to be like a, I mean, she could be like a Gaga, you know, just find the right role and, you know, mm-hmm. just get yourself. Get your Tony. Get your, I think <laughs> I think she should start with a Tony. Yeah, I think so too. Because she's be such awesome. like a musical kid she at heart. She can do a one woman show and then take it, they could film it and make it a movie too. No, there's weird rules now <laughs> where they can't, you know, Bruce uh, Springsteen get a, didn't get it. He got a special Tony though. Right, right. Mm, that doesn't really count as well. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Ari, call me. Okay, so staying with the pop songs chart. Sam Smith and friend of the podcast Normani team up for a number 32 debut with Dancing with a Stranger. It's the 11th entry on the chart for Smith and the second for Normani as a soloist, who saw her first hit, Love Lies, with Khalid hit number one last year. Uh, Dancing with a Stranger also debuts at number 33 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Love this song, by the way. Have you I, gotten a chance to listen? I like it too. It's really good. I think it has the right amount of kind of like simmer. You know? I appreciate that. Yes, like I think, and, you know, and it's different enough from "Love Lies," where you don't feel like it's just like a knockoff of your previous hit, right? But it has a similar vibe, yeah. in the sense of it being a little like mid-tempo mm-hmm. sort of. But it, which, but you don't get tired of successful it. for her. Yeah. Um, next up, Halsey's "Without Me" returns to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart as it bumps last week's winner, Post Malone and Swaley's "Sunflower," down to number two. This is the second week atop the list for "Without Me." as it previously was tops in the week before Sunflower bloomed at number mm-hmm. one. I like all this, like, musical chairs at yeah. number one on Hot, Hot 100. It's fun. By the way, Sunflower is from the uh, Academy Award-nominated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Golden Globe winning. Yeah, technically the name of this song is Sunflower, parenthetical, Spider-Man, colon, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they. I don't think Posty says the word Spider Verse. No, it's song. just we talked about this. It's just like uh, the weekend. The weekend with Fifty Shades of Grey. It. That's yeah. dumb. Yep, it's, it's just a way to promote the name of the movie. Yep. Okay. Meanwhile, further down the Hot 100 uh, list at number nine, Post Malone gets the sixth top ten hit as Wow jumps eleven to nine in just its fourth week on the list. The surprise release track came out just before Christmas time. Lastly, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, A Boogie with the Hoodies, Hoodie Season, spends a second week at number one, leading a super quiet chart. How quiet? Well, nothing debuts in the top 40 for the third week in a row. A lack of debuts is pretty standard in the post-holiday haze when a few big albums are released in the weeks after Christmas. But all that should change next week when industry forecasters expect Future's new album, Future Hendrix Presents, sorry, Future Hendrix Presents The Wizard, 
There's a lot of vowels that are missing in those Lack words. Lack of vowels. Um, and they expect that to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 next week. Um, right now, the forecast is like around 100, 110,000 equivalent mm. album units. Um, so that's it's future. He'll he'll definitely just debut at number one. Most likely, future. future. <laughs> and then maybe the week after, he'll put on another album <laughs> as as he has done. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Twenty years ago this week, Whitney Houston hit number one on the Billboard Dance Club Songs chart with one of her signature songs, It's Not Right, But It's Okay. Great song. The track topped the chart for three weeks, beginning with the January 23rd, 1999 dated list, thanks to a set of dance mixes commissioned for the track, which was originally a mid-tempo number, as heard in its original album version on Houston's My Love Is Your Love album. Now, the most iconic and popular remix of the bunch was the Thunderpuss mix of the track, which jettisoned everything from the original track except for Houston's vocals. Thunderpuss, which was a DJ and production duo of Chris Cox and Barry Harris, refashioned the track into an epic tribal anthem, which continues to be popular today. I plan to listen to it the minute we are done recording. Bump, 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 <laughs> so bump, 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 bump. Cue the drums. Um, <laughs> and if you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, you are familiar with this song because it was used quite spectacularly in the finale episode a couple seasons ago when Sasha Velour had like the most epic lip sync to it. <laughs> I'll show Katie. Have you seen this before? No, I oh, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> I will show you. In 2017, Cox told The Fader that when they met Houston for the first time, it was following the recording of the VH1 Divas Live TV concert special in April of 1999. So after the song had already hit number one and after it had become like even popular on the radio, it wasn't wow. just a club thing. It was a huge radio hit and a huge international hit, especially in the UK. He says they went to the after party, and when they met her, she said, so you're Thunderpuss. <laughs> he says, quote, she loved it. Uh, she was really cool and gracious. She was really appreciative and recognized the impact it had. It's Not Right, But It's Okay was one of Houston's 13 number ones on the Dance Club Songs chart, joining such other leaders as I Want to Dance with Somebody, So Emotional, Queen of the Night, and I'm Every Woman. Dude, just so, there, so many good songs. That's just the tip of the iceberg uh, I'm there. obsessed with her. So there you have it. 20 years ago this week, Whitney Houston hit number one on the Dance Club Songs chart, thanks to a lot of help from Thunderpuss with It's Not Right, But It's Okay. It's not right, but it's okay. makes me sad because we're approaching grammy season which of course is when whitney passed she, um she it passed was literally the day, before. the day before um yeah yeah in in the hotel where clive davis hosts his party every year clive mm-hmm. davis her mentor oh it's so sad it was such a sad time i love her so much well let's focus instead on the incredible memories that we have of whitney at her best yes including i mean if you just go google um whitney houston um performing on the grammy awards um there's an incredible bodyguard number she did uh i mean just go google did i tell you this already my friend 
I have a friend who was at the Super Bowl where she sang the national anthem. Really? Yes. Yes. Her dad's a football player, so that was why she was a child at a Super Bowl. But, like, oh, my God. I can't even imagine being in that space. Did you ever get to see Whitney live in any capacity? Um, no. And I, she was my favorite um, as a kid. Like, she, I was obsessed with her as a child. I, it's funny. I saw, like, a lot of my favorites. I saw Paula Abdul live, and, and my dad, like, was took me to concerts and whatnot. Never Whitney. Never, I never saw Whitney either. Not even in like a one-off capacity. Right. Or it, and I, you know, I mean, I think part of that was she was not like like my diva diva. You know, she wasn't like Madonna or Janet. I mean, I loved obviously Whitney, but um, it was just a little bit different. And so she did tour in my lifetime, but it never, it I, I just never saw her. And just like I never saw Michael Jackson. And I think there's a whole swath of people that just never saw Whitney live, mm-hmm. never saw Michael live. And we have them, luckily we have them forever captured on video and YouTube, but. Oh, I'd love to be in the same room as that voice though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what song should we go out on? Feels like something Whitney. Whitney. Some other Whitney song that is not the Thunderpuss remix of It's Not Right, but (laughs) it's okay. Um, It feels like maybe we could go out on like a fun note and do I Want to Dance with Somebody. Sure. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.